What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, so today, I couldn't really decide which topic I wanted to do, whether hope or acceleration. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to briefly talk about both here. Um, so if you go to Victory here in New Orleans, um, you've heard Pastor Frank has been preaching about hope. And also Pastor Sandy, for all my Power of Love listeners in Houston, Pastor Sandy also has been preaching on hope. Um, And, you know, what is hope? Hope is your expectation of the future, your expectation of what God has in store for you. And, you know, as I've just been meditating on that and studying those scriptures, you know, really, there's so many people who have lost their hope in the past couple years, the things that have gone on in the world, you know, maybe you've suffered an attack, maybe you've suffered loss, you know, maybe 2020 for you was, you know, a tough putt. But ultimately, when you keep your hope, when your hope is of the Lord, right, then you know that there's always something more that God has in store for you in the future. And that's why it's so dangerous as believers to get stuck, you know, in in survival mode. And you know, what do I mean by that? Survival mode is like, you're just like, you're just going about just trying to do, do life every day. You're going to work, you're doing what you got to do. You're dealing with whatever problems you have of that day. But if you're being honest with yourself, you know, you've stopped, stopped dreaming about the future. You've stopped, you know, thinking about the vision that God's given you for your life, you know, and really hope is always forward thinking. Hope is having a vision from God that there is something more that God has in store for you. Something more than just, you know, just surviving not just enduring whatever's going on. Even if maybe you are going through a test, you're going through a trial, you've, you're, you're walking through stuff. But ultimately, when you keep your hope, it keeps you looking forward, knowing that where you're at now is not always where you're going to be. Because, you know, it's very dangerous. And that's the devil. It's one of the tactics of the devil. If he can steal your hope, he can get you to just stay, stay where you're at, stay in the position that you're at. And, you know, as I was just thinking about all this, I was reminded of the Lord was reminding me about, you know, all these things that the Lord spoke to me, you know, at the beginning of 2020. And, um, you know, if you read my, my book, a lot of it's in there really just about the glory of God that's coming upon the church and, you know, the acceleration that was coming to the body of Christ, ultimately for the harvest of souls, but even just a harvest of things that you've you've sowed for things that you've been believing for. And, you know, I was just, just meditating on all that stuff all over again. And, you know, really, I think it's easy. You know, you can get a word from the Lord or you can hear a a prophetic message from a man of God. And then, you know, you receive that word gladly at first, but then maybe things don't go the way that you thought they was going to go. You know what I'm saying? Um, And then you get a little discouraged. And before you realize it, you're just in survival mode and you actually realize that you've really lost your hope. You've really lost your hope of that word coming to pass, or you've really stopped thinking about, you know, the vision that God has for you. And so I started thinking about all this stuff again about acceleration, and the Lord's been challenging me to stir myself back up for that, you know, acceleration. And so if you listen to um, my podcast that I did on my book, A Glorious Bride, I talked about some of the stuff I'm going to talk about today, but I want to start off by reading that scripture in Amos 9 that many of us heard in 2020. And I just want to encourage you, if you've like forgotten about this scripture, put it on the back burner, you know, let let it be stirred up in you again, because this scripture is amazing. So Amos 9, uh, verse 13 says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him who sows seed. The mountains shall drop sweet wine and the hills shall melt. The Amplified Version says everything 
Everything barren and unfruitful shall begin to overflow with spiritual blessing. So, and understand that this is a prophecy about the days that we're living in. This is the days that we're living in that he's saying that there's, there's coming an acceleration that the, what does that mean? The treader of grapes, him who sows seed, like that, that they're going to overtake each other. What that means is that there is such an acceleration of your plant, say you're planting a grape seed. Okay. And and then you have to you have to plant the grape seed. You have to grow like a vine, right? Then you have to harvest the grapes. And in order to make wine, it says here the mountains shall drop sweet wine. What does that mean? Okay, well, wine. Okay, so you have to you have to grow the grapes. You got to harvest the grapes. You got to tread the grapes or smush them. You gotta make the wine. You gotta let it age. If you want good sweet wine, you gotta let that thing age for like 20, 30 years. You know what I'm saying? So if that's the process for, for this is what it says, the mountains shall drop sweet wine. What is he prophesying? He's prophesying that the mountain, the very, maybe the very area of your life that you feel like has been just one obstacle after another, something that you feel like you have not been able to get the breakthrough in that very area of your life. It says that that shall drop sweet wine. It like drop. that means like immediately, like there's going to be an acceleration that all of the sudden you were sowing seed and all of a sudden now there's sweet wine. That's, that's, that is the Lord compressing time on your behalf. That's what acceleration is. When we're talking about an acceleration coming to the people of God, we're talking about something holy, supernatural. We're talking about the glory of God on display that literally God will compress time on your behalf. Why? Because Jesus is coming soon. Okay. Jesus is coming soon. And what is his will? His will is to put his goodness and his glory on display. And so I want to read this story. I'm not going to read all of it, but I'm going to kind of jump around in John chapter two, where Jesus turns the water into wine. This is, I believe that like, this is a direct correlation with Amos nine thirteen. this story uh, in John chapter two. And what's so interesting is Jesus turning the water into wine. He says that this was the first sign that he performed to manifest his glory. So this story is one of the first ways that Jesus wanted to put his goodness on display. And so I believe even as the church is stepping into this whole thing with, you know, uh, God putting his glory on display, this is a big part of it. Turning the water into wine. And this is, I'm going to explain it. So this is acceleration. But if you just think about it, if you just think about it, you know, Jesus took water and turned it into wine. He made wine that probably, like I said, would have taken 20 to 30 years to make. And he did it in one moment of time. So that means that the things that you've been praying for for years, the things that you've been believing for, things that you would think in the natural would take 20 to 30 years. You know, when Jesus uh, steps on the scene, it can be done in one moment of time. Yeah. And that's the glory of God. Why? Because then you can't take credit for it. It's no longer about you and what you've done and how hard you've worked. It's really, it's, it's the glory of God on display. And so I want to kind of just go through this story. So John chapter two, in the beginning, firstly, verse one, it says on the third day, there was a wedding at Cana of Galilee, third day, third day. So today, 2021, we are living in the spiritual third day. Why? Because the Bible says that a thousand years is like a day to the Lord. So the first thousand years was like day one, you could say. The second thousand years was like day two. So we're in, we're past the 2000 year mark, right? So we are in the spiritual third day, you could say. So, so this is applying to like where we're at today. So in the third day, there was a wedding. Um, Jesus was there. It says in verse three, 
When the wine was all gone, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no more wine. Okay, I'm going to pause right here. This is very powerful because and maybe you feel like in your own life, I don't know. I mean, people walked through a lot of stuff in the past couple years, you know, COVID and crazy stuff with the economy, jobs, all this kind of stuff. And let me tell you, maybe you feel like you've suffered a loss. Maybe you've suffered an attack and you feel like there is no more wine left. There's nothing like sweet about this situation. It is like hopeless. Really, and that's what, this is painting a picture here. It's hopeless. It's not like Jesus took mediocre wine and made it taste better. There was no wine at all. <laughs> there was nothing. There was nothing. There was nothing to work with. So, so it doesn't matter <laughs> how bleak a situation may look or how hopeless a situation may look. Because when Jesus steps on the scene, let me tell you, let me tell you, well, what it taken you 30 years to try and do for yourself? Jesus can do it for you in one moment of time, no matter how hopeless it looks. And so that was the situation. It says there was all the wine was gone. They had no more wine. And so Jesus's mother told the servants, whatever Jesus tells you to do, just do it. That's that's a word for somebody. <laughs> Whatever Jesus tells you to do, just do it. And so it says, um, verse seven, it says, Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. So they filled them up to the brim. In verse eight, it says, he told them, okay, this is powerful. He says, draw some out now and take it to the manager of the feast. So they took him some wine. So take notice of that. Draw some out now. So as they're drawing out, water, something supernatural happens. It comes in the drawing out, right? So, and then in verse nine, it says, when the manager tasted the water just now turned into wine. So as it was being drawn out, something supernatural is taking place. And so I'm going to pause here. There's a couple scriptures in Proverbs that the Lord uh, showed me that connect with this here. You know, the Bible says that many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the Lord's purpose that rises up. It is the Lord's purpose that rises up. And then another scripture that goes with that one says a man, uh, it says purpose in the heart of man is like deep waters, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Okay, so hopefully you can catch that. So what does that mean? That there is a purpose. There is something that God has put in the heart of man, in your spirit man on the inside, not in your brain necessarily, but in your spirit. And it says a man of understanding will draw it out. So what does that mean? That means that when you are stirred up, when you like stir yourself up, the Holy Ghost helps you to draw out the purposes of God from your spirit. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the Lord's purpose that will rise up and be drawn out. And as that purpose of the Lord is being revealed to you and being drawn out, it's in the drawing out that it becomes supernatural. What do I mean? I mean that you have to start dreaming again. You have to start allowing the Lord to give you vision. Allow the purposes of God to rise up from your spirit. And as they rise up, that's how they become supernatural. You have to begin to, to step in that direction. You have to allow yourself to, to have visions, to have visions of what God has in store for you, to, to stir yourself up. And really, that's when the supernatural takes place. That's when the supernatural takes place in the drawing out. But when you get into survival mode, 
When you lose your hope, when you lose your expectation, when you fling away your fearless confidence, right? It, you stop drawing out. You stop drawing things out because when you lose your hope, you have no joy. And the Bible says that joy, with joy, you draw from the wells of salvation. So you can't be drawing anything out if you lose your joy. And if you have no hope, you most likely have no joy. So it's all, it's all connected. Okay, it's all connected. So understand that in the drawing out is when the supernatural comes about. You have to draw out the, the purposes of God for your life and allow it to create a fresh expectation on the inside of you. I don't care if maybe things haven't worked out the way you thought they were gonna work out in the past year or two or whatever. You cannot allow that to shape your expectation for the future because that's exactly what the devil wants. The devil wants to use something you've been through, some stupid experience that happened in either your life or someone else's life to suck away your expectation that you're gonna see the glory of God in your life. So you have to stay stirred up. And it really, like I said, it comes in the drawing out. So in verse, verse nine, it says, when the manager tasted the water just now turned into wine, it says, not knowing where it came from, though the servants who drew the water, they knew where it came from. Okay, this is, this is just, <laughs> oh, this is just golden. Honestly, this right here is just golden because what does this mean? This means that the people that see what takes place in your life, to them, it's going to be like, they have no idea where that thing came from. It's going to be so supernatural, so astounding, so over the top, so exceedingly abundantly that people are going to be like, what the heck? Where did that even come from? I don't even know where that came from. How is that even possible? How is it even possible? You're not even that smart. You're not even that cool. How did that even happen for you? Okay, right? So it says that the manager had no idea where this wine came from, but, but the servants that drew, well, let me tell you, the servants that drew it out, they knew exactly where it came from right? Because when the Lord begins to stir something on the inside of you and you begin to grow an expectation for that thing, you're not going to be surprised. You're not going to be so surprised when the supernatural starts breaking out in your life and you're going to know exactly where that thing came from. And that's what puts something on the inside of you to open up your mouth and begin to testify saying, look what the Lord has done, right? Because you know that it didn't come from yourself. You know that it was water in the pot. Oh, you know, all you had was some dirty water. All you had was dirty water in, in a pot. And Jesus stepped on the scene and he turned it into the best wine that ever, beyond, is supernatural, right? And really, when you know where it comes from, and that's why you want to talk about worship, that'll put a new song in your mouth because only you, only you fully know what God has done for you. I'm talking like, like, my pastor in Houston used to always say that and like, it's become so real to me, like, only you know what God's done for you, okay? And that's why certain people praise a little harder than other people, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> because uh, only you know what God's done for you, okay? And when, when you know, let me tell you, when you know, <laughs> when you know that God has done it for you in a hopeless situation and he's come through for you and all of a sudden you had dirty water and now you've got sweet wine, Ooh, it puts a new song in your mouth, right? And God is glorified by your testimony, by your praise. And so, so that's what's so awesome about this. You're gonna know exactly where that thing came from. Why? Because it starts in your spirit. It starts by you having the purposes of God drawn out from your spirit. It puts an expectation in you. It puts a hope in you. Hope is, what is hope? Hope is you have an expectation of something in the future that you don't have yet, but you know that it's coming. It's of the future, right? So 
So it keeps you forward looking that there is more. There is more that God has for you. I don't care. Maybe you had the most incredible past uh, 24 months that you've ever had in your life. And I just want to say, praise God, <laughs> praise the Lord. Okay. But you got to understand no matter how many victories you've had in the past, there is actually like way more that God has in store for you. So it's important to not get into coasting mode where you're like, man, I've seen God do some great things. Well, guess what? You haven't seen nothing yet. <laughs> you haven't seen nothing yet because the body of Christ as a whole is stepping into a whole new dimension because of the times that we're living in. Man. Okay. And so next verse says, um, verse 10, it says, he said to him, everyone else serves his best wine first, but when people have drunk freely, then he serves that, which is not so good, but you have kept back the best wine until now, man, let me tell you, God has, God has the best things for his people that have ever happened reserved for the final hour of time. God saves the best for last. So we're living in the greatest days. Yeah. Darkness is uh, covering the earth. Darkness is going to be greater than it's ever been. But also, but also the wine for the people of God is going to be sweeter than it's ever been. But you have to expect that. You have to put your faith out for that. You got to grab a hold of it by faith. Grabbing a hold of it by faith is how, how we begin to walk in it. And so the next verse says, this was the first of his signs that manifested his glory. So like I said in the beginning, this is one of the ways that God manifests his glory. He will compress time on your behalf. Really, because what did Jesus do? He took dirty water. He made wine in an instant of time. So what would have taken time to plant the seeds, to grow a grapevine, harvest the grapes, smush the grapes, um, wait for it to age in a barrel, I don't know, for like 20 years. Okay. Jesus did that in one second. So whatever, stop making plans for the things that you're believing for to take a long time. Okay. Stop making plans for things to take a long time. Stop making plans for your harvest to take 30 years. Cause guess what? We may not even have 30 years. Okay. So if Jesus is coming back in like three years, then you can expect everything you've sowed seed for, you're going to harvest it quickly. And so, and after that, it says, and his disciples believed in him. His disciples believed in him. Okay, well, what is there already the disciples? What do you mean they believed in him? They already believed in him. What is this talking about? This is, <laughs> this is talking about new grounds for believing. That every time Jesus does something supernatural for you, when he turns the water into wine, when he accelerates things for you, it gives you new grounds for believing. It puts a fresh confidence on the inside of you. And maybe, maybe you feel like you've been through stuff that, if you're being honest, has, uh, you know, taken a little bit of your confidence from, from the Lord. You know, maybe you were so confident that in the Lord and believing for something and it didn't play out the way you thought it would, or maybe you, you've been through something or you know someone who, who went through some, or whatever, whatever the cause may be. Maybe you feel like you've lost a little bit of confidence in the Lord. You've lost confidence in his word. Well, guess what? Guess what? When, when Jesus steps on the scene and turns the water into wine, it's going to be new grounds for believing that God is going to break through for you in such a way that it's going to restore. It's going to restore back double the very, let me tell you the very area of your life that you've been, that you've been like struggling with. Okay. The mountain, whatever mountain of obstacle, 
that mountain, that area, that area of obstacle, like I said in Amos 9, it says the mountains shall drop sweet wine. That's the very area that God wants to break through for you and give you new grounds for believing. That you can say, man, I believed in God before, but now, oh, I believe in, I really believe him now. That he's going to give you a fresh confidence in his word, a fresh confidence in his power, in his faithfulness. And really, you know, how do you step in? It all begins with your hope and your expectation. So I just wanted to stir you up today to expect the Lord to accelerate things on your behalf. Expect to see the supernatural. Expect Jesus to come on the scene and turn the water into wine. Expect whatever area of your life that you've been, you know, struggling with, expect that God is going to break through for you. Why? Not because you're perfect, but because Jesus is awesome. And God, God's will is to glorify the name of his son, Jesus. And he'll do it through anyone who will believe in him. God is no respecter of person. No, who, no matter who you are, where you come from, what you've done, how long you've been saved, how long you've been in church, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. The, really, the only thing that matters is faith. Faith. That's what it says in Galatians. The only thing that really matters is faith working by love. So really, it's your faith. So I just encourage you to grab a hold of this with your faith. Grab a hold of this with your faith and begin to expect that God is going to accelerate all things on your behalf in Jesus' mighty name. Hey guys, this is Victoria. I just want to say thank you so much for listening and make sure that you subscribe, share it with a friend, share it on Instagram. Let me know that you're listening and I pray that these podcasts will continue to be a blessing to you.